Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Best in the World with Richard Parr. My guest this week is Amy Mullins, a former world record holder. More details on her in just a moment. But first, I just want to wish you all a happy Valentine's Day. I hope you gave the loved ones in your life something special this past Sunday. But for me, my great love is back. Yes, The Champions League, the UEFA Champions League knockout stages begin this week. By the time this goes out, Paris Saint-Germain will have already played Chelsea and Roma play Real Madrid on Wednesday. And then there's more games next week. It's great to have the greatest club competition in the world back straight after a fantastic weekend of football in the English Premier League. Amazing game between Arsenal and Leicester. I've never supported Leicester before in my life, but like probably many people who watch football around the world, are rooting for that underdog, hoping Leicester can win the league with Claudio Ranieri. It was disappointing for them that they lost to Arsenal, but a great moment for the returning Danny Welbeck from injury. And also Spurs, can they keep their title hunt alive? They got a thrilling last gasp win against Manchester City. And of course... My boys, Liverpool, won 6-0 Aston Villa. Even Colo Torre got on the score sheet. Wowzers. And speaking of wowzers, let me tell you about this week's guest. It is Amy Mullins, a former world record holder in 100 metres, 200 metres and the long jump. She represented the United States at the Paralympics in Atlanta in 1996. I just want to read you a bit from Amy's website. Fantastic site, amymullins.com, A-I-M-E-E-M-U-L-L-I-N-S.com. Her biography is incredible. She was born without fibula in either legs, and from there onwards, she went on to become a world-class athlete. She went to Georgetown in the United States, a full academic scholarship, and that was after she'd worked having top secret security clearance at the Pentagon, working as an intelligence analyst, and that was during her summer breaks. 
after being an athlete, she's been in modeling, she's been in acting, she's done one of the most downloaded TED Talks of all time. She has a very important part and has been on the board of the Women's Sports Foundation. She talks about that in this podcast. It's a fantastic chat. If I was to describe Amy, it's driven, but driven in a great way, driven to help society, driven in a way to help her get better and help other people get better. Really interesting talk with Amy. She talks about setting goals, learning from the best in the world, surrounding yourself around people who say yes, talks about coping with nerves, talked about how she was one of the first people, the first person to use prosthetic legs, the cheetah legs. She tells me exactly what the word inspired and inspiration really means. Her time with Billie Jean King and the Women's Sports Foundation and time management and so much more. This is a jam-packed chat and we will get to Amy Mullins in just a moment. I just want to tell you a word from my sponsor. It is audible.com. I am giving you a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial. All you have to do is go to audibletrial.com forward slash best. That's audibletrial.com forward slash best. You can get smarter. You can get much more smarter than anyone you know by listening to audiobooks. And I am giving you that chance for free. Take that chance. Grab it with both hands. It is audibletrial.com forward slash best talking about smart come on let's get a little bit smarter now let's listen to the best in the world let's listen to amy mullins the best in the world podcast with richard parr amy mullins welcome to the best in the world with richard parr now there's so much I want to cover with you, but why don't you tell us first what, what's going on in your life right now? It's going on in my life right now, um, having a day off from making a movie, which happily I'm hitting the shoot in New York. So just a couple of days ago, I was in a pretty outrageous costume with hair and makeup, um, having to say nasty things to Salma Hayek. Oh, wow. What what's the name of the movie? <laughs> it's called Drunk Parents. <laughs> oh wow! So it's got a lot of the Saturday Night Live alums in it. Oh, fantastic! Um, so, so, so comedy, yeah. Yeah, oh. yeah, it's a comedy. Yeah, that's. Great. I think if it was a drama, it would be a very different feeling. <laughs> Drunk Parents. Yeah, that 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 would be a lot more of a serious movie, I think. Uh, so you've done so many different things in your life. You're you're now acting. You've done modeling. You've been. Uh, world champion at sports. Um, when you go into a new field, do you, do you set goals for yourself? Do you say, this is what I want to achieve in this field? Or do you just go into it and kind of see what happens? Uh, you know, it's actually a mixture of both. I mean, I'm always open to my curiosity. And, you know, while I always played sport from, from a young age, and I, you know, would write plays and Acted them and acted in them and did the um, you know was always in, involved in theater as a little girl <clears throat> and I also painted and sculpted and you know these were definitely all passions of mine. The you know, something like modeling was never a a goal ever. 
um, that happened completely, you know, in a way by accident. It was it was brought on by people saying to me after I had become um, a world champ- champion in track and field, people saying things to me like, "Gosh, you know, you're you're beautiful. You don't look disabled." In referencing my prosthetic legs, and I was like, "Well, that's that's amazing because I don't feel disabled." And the idea that um, one would not be beautiful if one were disabled was so interesting to me. You know, it seemed so uh, such an admission of something so old, and that doesn't serve our, our culture anymore. It doesn't serve anybody. Um, and that's where the impetus for modeling came in. But once I decide to do something, once it's like, all right, this is what I'm doing, it's, it's just about who are the best in the world that I can work with. It's whether it's, and it was certainly that with track as well. I mean, my real passion was always in team sports, the exception of skiing. I loved um, downhill skiing, but I love being a part of a team. So the isolation of track uh, and the kind of, the fact that you're always competing against yourself and, you know, your, your best time in the clock in a way. I mean, others push you, certainly, but that, finding myself, as a champion in that field was only because I was open to curiosity. You know, someone suggested I run an attract me and I did and I won. And the, the, the idea that the a goal to, to represent my country in the Atlanta games was so kind of unlikely and unrealistic. That's when it's like, right, who's the best coach? I can find who's the, you know what's the best training, what's everything. So it's just a matter of knowing that um, I'm both open to where my curiosity can take me and seeing what what happens. But when I've when something bites and I bite back, it's it's always about becoming the best that I can be. So how did you find your coach? I believe it was, uh, apologies if I pronounce his name wrong, Frank Gagliano. Uh, obviously, yeah, that's, that's, right. that's before 1996, and uh, there's not Google back then. So how did you come across him and find him? It's true, isn't it? Like, it's hard to remember that time when we didn't just have a search engine to type in, mm. you know, rack coach and look it up. But and I was very, very lucky to be in Washington, D.C., and... You know, Georgetown University does have one of the best track programs um, in the world for for colleges, and a lot of um, you know, Olympians come out of that program. And even the professional um, group that Reebok had training at the time, they called the Enclave, they trained at Georgetown as well. So Coach Gags had actually been the Olympic uh, coach for, I want to say, 92 in Barcelona. And it was just somebody told me. I mean, I mean, somebody said, Georgetown has a really good track program. And I quite literally called uh, directory information. I asked to be put in touch with Georgetown University. They connected me. An operator picked up. I asked to be put in touch with the athletic department. They connected me. And then I asked to be put in touch with their head track coach. I didn't even know the man's name. <laughs> and I certainly didn't know, you know, that, that he was, you know, a, a living legend and in that world of track. So I just left him messages. And I, at that point I had, I had competed in one race and I had won. And 
I just left him this ridiculous message basically saying, hi, my name is Amy Mullins. Um, I am the new national record holder in the 100 meter. Um, <laughs> and I've only run one race. And I have prosthetic legs, and I would love to be able to come um, sit in on a couple of your practices. And that's really what my ask was from him. Is I, I had no idea what a training regimen for a sprinter would be. And I just wanted to be able to sit in the bleachers and watch. And he didn't, <laughs> he didn't return that call, shockingly. <laughs> and I think I called him three more times three or four more times and the last time he picked up and I gave him my same spiel and, and he's, he's this kind of amazing uh, presence who originally hailed from Brooklyn. So he's like, well, I think we should, uh, I think we should meet first before we decide anything. So I had to show up at his office and I got there and he was about five minutes late, which I always wonder if it isn't intentional because you, you step into this room that is, lined from floor to ceiling, quite literally, with framed certificates of all the All-Americans he's coached and the world champions and the Olympians and the photographs of all these incredible track athletes. And I remember thinking, I'm going to make a complete idiot of myself. I, I, you know, I didn't know anything about track and was right about to kind of make my exit when he walked in and we ended up having an incredible meeting and he ended up offering me 10 times more than what I had asked for. He said, if you show up here four days a week on my lunch break, I'll train you. Oh, fantastic. We did that for three months and then I joined the the track team and started running, competing for Georgetown in division one track. It was pretty, it was a pretty whirlwind. And is that the process which you've used in, in the other parts of your life, that, that way of getting in touch with, with the, the most talented people being surrounding them? Like when you've gone into uh, acting, for example, have you, have you searched out for the best people and, and gone that similar way for it? Is, is that what you do? Absolutely. And, you, and the other thing is that it's ongoing. You know, you don't... I, I just think you you can always get better and you can always learn from, from someone. And so, you know, the idea is to, to surround yourself with excellence for sure. And with, you know, people who are uh, talented and have far more knowledge and experience than you are, but it's also about surrounding yourself with people who say yes. You know, there's so much in our, I think in everyone's life where we run up, against people who tell us no, who will tell us why it's not going to work, it's never going to work, and it's not going to be you even if it did work. Um, you know what I'm saying? That, that there's so much of that kind of negativity that has a real impact. It, it's, it's what stops people from starting their own business. It's what stops people from taking something that's considered a risk, but it's, it's usually motivated by fear, you know, the people that tell you what you, you can't do. So for me, a big part of that is finding people. Like the great thing about Frank Agliano, my, my coach, was that he had never coached someone with prosthetic legs. So there was no uh, paradigm for him about training me any differently than he had trained 
every other Olympian he, he coached. So it was a wonderful naivete that we both had about what to expect. So there, the sky was the limit. And I, and I think that that is a magical, uh, very fertile soil to grow any, anything excellent. And how do you cope with those people in your life? Let's say they're close family or their relatives who, let's say they are more of the no type of person. They have that negativity and yet they're family. So you can't just ignore them. How do you kind of cope with them? Um, yeah, you do just ignore them. <laughs> you do, actually. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying about the, it's not about being disrespectful. Um, I, think, I think a large part of it is understanding where a lot, like I said, where a lot of that intention comes from. And certainly when it does come from family, because it always comes from a place of fear. But with your family, it's because they really, they're concerned that you're going to be crushed if your hopes and dreams don't work out. You know, they, they've usually been around longer than you have and they had some disappointments in their life and they want to try to protect you from disappointments. Like I think, I think it's really useful if you understand kind of the basic psychology of where fear and insecurity come from and how they make people do and say things that actually aren't helpful. Mm. But if you can kind of forgive them for their good intentions, you know, and, and then genuinely ignore it. Mm. it. It is about ignoring people. You do have to have a technique where you can put, you know, blinders on like a horse and just keep going for what you know. And you have to really know it in your in your cell, cellular level, you have to know that you're going to do this and you can't be wavered by naysayers. I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting how this actually, I think it's true across so many different disciplines. I was sitting on a panel with um, a woman who invented this company, uh, that this products bank, right? Which is a, a, a Garments that women wear that help shape them, shape their bodies. Or, you know, it's an underlayer. And she sold it. I mean, the company is extremely successful. And she knew that she was going to have that kind of naysayer um, negativity, most likely from her family. And so she grew her company for the first year without telling any of them. Um, because she also knew she was going to have setbacks. So she had re- made, she had reached out, she had taken her initial, um, you know, investment and gotten someone to make the prototype and she had gotten her first buyer to order a, a number of the products. And so when she unveiled it to her family, basically to ask for support and, you know, to, to do the next round of fundraising, they just told her all the reasons why it wasn't going to work. And that's when she could say, Actually, it is working. I've been doing it for a year, and this is how many I've sold. And I found that so interesting that she, the way she described it was about protecting something very fragile. She said, if I had genuinely told my family before I had done any of this, they really would have talked me out of doing it. And it was, it, 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 you know, I think she sold the company for $50 million or something. I don't even know. But, you know, at the age of 25, she was... Wow a very young entrepreneur and she was very frank in saying my family would have 
talk me out of the thing that's been the most successful thing in my life. And obviously, her family would never, that's not their intention. Her intention is always to protect you. But mm-hmm. I think if, you're, if you believe in yourself, genuinely believe in yourself on a cellular level, you have to develop that ability to let the naysayers just float by you. And it is, it is ignoring it. So you went from being a national champion to working with Frank, and then you started breaking world records, 100 meters, 200 meters, long jump. Which was the, the first one you broke, and, and how did you feel? Could you believe that you'd achieved this? Yes, I could believe I achieved it. I mean, I know that sounds perhaps arrogant, but I think when you, what I was saying about believing on a cellular level that you are going to, be the best in the world. Mm. When it happens, I mean, of course, there's a pin, there's a moment where you pinch yourself because you have to allow yourself that joy of having reached a goal. Um, and 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 for me, I remember the most powerful thing was the long jump. The most powerful thing was recognizing all the people that had helped me. Because you don't do this in a, in a void, and you don't do it in isolation. You just don't. There's so many people. And I mean, going into uh, you know Radio Shack, an electronic store, <clears throat> and telling the manager, you know, I wanted to buy a video camera so I could set it up on the track and record me running so I could look at my form and, and work on my form. And he got so taken by this crazy dream. You know, I had a year to transform myself and my body from someone who was a complete novice to track to a world champion. So it was, a, it was an absolute immersion. And for me, it's a complete test of will. You know, what, how disciplined could I be and how much could I will this into being? And, you know, it had never happened before. There was no, there were no one, there was no one else running at the collegiate level with prosthetics and actually the legs that were invented the the now famous cheetah legs you know that was a first so I was learning how to use these and giving you know day by day feedback of what what worked what didn't work and I wasn't even sure what was supposed to work you know I had run I had played sports my whole life with wooden legs and I didn't which now if I if I had to put those on now, I think it would feel like I was wearing concrete boots. But, <laughs> you know, when you don't know any differently, then you you, you make do. Yeah. So a lot of that kind of like absolute, I will, I will. I mean, if you think about that statement, it's, it's uh, on many layers, you know, on many levels, it's, it's profound. I will. I use my will and I will be the thing that I imagine and I can transform myself. <clears throat> so realizing that, you know, like that radio shack electronic store manager, he sold me the video camera at car. He didn't make a penny profit so that I could do this. You know, there were so many people who contributed to me going after this kind of crazy dream. Mm. That that was the most uh, impactful thing for me was realizing that the fact that I could call that that guy and say, "I just set the world record today," 
and you're part of that. So thank you. That was that's something that I still take with me the rest of my life. Yeah, a lot of the people we've had on this show have really say that a lot of their success comes from the people and the team around them. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. We'll have more from Amy Mullins in just a moment. Now, I'm looking at my bookshelf here in Richard Parr HQ, and one of the books I've got is The Secret Footballer, Access All Areas. I've yet to read it. It's high on my list. It's going to be one of my next books to read. But you know what? If I don't have the time to do it, I might just go and download the book as an audio book. Yes, while I'm in the gym, while I'm driving around the mean streets, well, they're not really mean, but... I'm trying to sound really hip and cool there. Driving around the streets of Doha, I I could be listening to that audiobook. I could be listening to The Secret Footballer, Access All Areas, the audiobook, while I'm in the gym, while I'm in the supermarket, while I'm cooking up a storm in the kitchen, and learning as I go. And you know what? I want you to have the same opportunity as me. Why should I have that all all that information, why shouldn't you? So how about you download an audiobook? And how about you do it for free on Audible? All you have to do is go to audibletrial.com forward slash best. All right, get the pen, get the paper, get the notes app. I will say it again. Write it down. I'll even say it to you slowly. Audible trial. That's A U D I B. L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash best. I'm not going to spell best for you. Come on, you know how to spell best. It's the name of the show, best in the world with Rich Bar. Audibletrial.com forward slash best. Get your free 
audiobook and 30-day free trial with Audible. You got to do it. You got to get smarter. Let's get a little bit more smarter with Amy Mullins. The best in the world podcast with Richard Parr. Do you get nervous at all? Absolutely. Oh, when I used to, when I first started running, you know, at Georgetown, the, the track meets were on the weekend, a Saturday morning. And I don't know, on Tuesday, sort of looking at the end of the week looming, I would start to get a feeling of um, nausea. And that would intensify Wednesday. By Thursday night, I wasn't sleeping. By Friday, I would be pacing and trying to figure out how I was going to tell Coach Gags that I shouldn't be running and I should probably quit. And, of course, I, I never did that. I would show up Saturday morning and, um, you know, you'd be shaking and then the gum would go off and you didn't hear anything else. It's just all you, you just have to know. It's kind of like I'm in acting one time. It's like you just kind of know your first line. Like if you practice and you practice and you rehe- if you rehearsed, you have to trust that your body has a memory, right? You don't think about form or technique, obviously, when you're competing. Like all of that just, your body just, does it. Um, but sometimes you just have to check when your adrenaline's pumping and the cortisol's pumping and all these kinds of stress hormones are going. What makes a champion a champion is that they know what to do with that so that it doesn't sabotage them. And, you know, as I've understood more of the science of it as I've gotten older, I mean, that's the irony. I think a lot of us are much smarter athletes long after our competitive days <laughs> are behind us. Um, but I, that, that's the thing that I think is, is what makes watching a great athlete so electrifying is that we, they're doing something very private in a very public way. They're facing fears, insecurities, demons, um, doubts. They're, they're, they're hearing all those naysayers and they are blocked and they are, you, what you see the fight, you see what's going on inside their head and in their guts and in their heart and it's it's so compelling it's so moving to watch a human being do that and do it in front of us and allow us to in a way touch that be a part of it was there any particular pre-race ritual or routine or anything you did which which would calm you down or get you ready and 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 is there something in that that you still use today when you're acting or modeling or doing a, a public speech or anything like that um, well, for track, yeah, there was a ritual. Um, and it wasn't about, it's funny, you know, it's, as I'm sure most athletes will tell you that like your, your personal best, like everyone has that race in their head or that, that moment in their head where it felt effortless. Like you kind of feel like you're floating and you're the fastest you've ever been, but it, you didn't feel like you worked at all. Um, and that's because you hit that sweet spot of being completely loose and relaxed and completely focused and, and in a way charged. Like you're, you're, you're able to channel all that energy um, into the thing you, you need to do. And it's, it's a magical thing when it happens. It's, it's really magical. It's transportative. 
Um, but I, so it wasn't so much about calming me down. It was like, obviously you have to remember to breathe, you know, breathe from your diaphragm. But it was also about getting psyched up. You know, you had to get yourself to a place, again, where you could chant, you could be your own biggest cheerleader. You could be the person going, you're going to do this. And for me, I I always play the the the, the intro to um, U2's Pride in the Name of Love, that song about Martin Luther King, is this incredible crescendo of a drum beat that um, just would just get me where I needed to be as I walked into something like Olympic Stadium. So that was my ritual for track. Um, I don't do that in in other things, I have I have other rituals for uh, public speaking, and I have other rituals for acting. Um, and for modeling, I think it's just that just try not to feel silly <laughs> <laughs> and and do it. And you've you've obviously inspired many people, but who inspires you right now? I find you know I find that word. Um, yeah, I'm very careful with that word because I think it's uh, I think people use oftentimes use it without really me- understanding the meaning. You know, it has to do with the root word is is, is Latin, right? And, and and it has to do with the breath and literally the life force, energy to inspire, to infuse energy to infuse life force. If someone, when someone inspires me or something inspires me, it's, it's, it's changing my feeling about something. It's changing the way I think. It's changing the way I move or behave. It's, it's not a casual thing for me. And yet I'm so, so privileged to be able to meet and work with people on a regular basis who really do do that. Um, you know, someone like Billie Jean King, I've served on the board of the Women's Sports Foundation with her for, I think, 12 years now, 12 or 13 years, and served as president for a few years. And I mean, that's an, it's an incredible organization and an incredible board where we have Leila Ali and Julie Saudi was president before me and Dominique Dawes, you know, American gymnast and the first African-American gold medalist in, in gymnastics. Like there's, I'm surrounded by people who who are pioneers and certainly from women, women's sports, but also who used their, the privilege of a platform to be able to call attention to the larger social issues of equality and opportunity, you know, to kind of keep pushing the door open a little bit wider so that more people can play, more people can, can experience the, the thing that we've gotten to experience, which is, you know, that changes you forever when you kind of set a wildly unrealistic and unreasonable goal and you achieve it. You You, you can never go back to you won't let yourself be mediocre. It's like, cause you just know that you're sort of cheating on 
what you could really do. So those those are the people that that genuinely inspire me, and a lot of them are people that you've n- never heard of, you know. Um, and also, I'm inspired by things. I'm inspired by nature. You know, I'm inspired by something as as extraordinary as uh, developments in technology and science. You know, I'm I'm so interested in what's happening right now with 3D printing and how, you know, there was recently a, like a lab done in Silicon Valley where they had all these children come who had various, um, like, amputations on their arms. And so some of them might be missing a hand, some might be missing from the elbow down or even from the shoulder down. And these kids were uh, allowed to design their own prosthetics. And then built them with a 3D printer and they made these incredible things like mm-hmm. water gun hands, you know, and like these basically uh, things that were both entertaining for them and useful and, you know, provocative would be, pro- would be provoking conversation with the kids in their school. And this was something that 15 years ago, you know, coming up on 20 years ago, when I did my first runway show with Alexander McQueen, it's like those were dreams of mine that it's like, I want to be able to create and recreate my body. And I don't want to be made to feel that because my legs are carbon fiber and your legs are flesh and bone, that one is better than the other. Um, or one is you know, inherently superior I want to be able to change my mood. Um, I want to be able to feel good about it. I want to be able to feel um, celebratory. Even I don't want to feel ashamed. I don't want to hide. Um, And I don't want to apologize for who I am. And the fact that these, the the images of what these kids designed and built for themselves um, absolutely inspired me to keep going, to realize like you actually can have an impact during your own lifetime, that you can help advance a societal shift towards something that's more inclusive and more open and and provides more opportunity for other people to be their best and most exciting selves. Yes, yeah, it's, uh, it's amazing some of the the advancements. Now, you have such a busy schedule and you've achieved so much. How do you organize everything? <laughs> um, oh, this is where technology, uh, you know, is our friend, our best friend, and our our worst enemy. Um, you know, I, I I try to be organized, but I also have learned. Uh, very necessary lesson, which is that I have to take time for myself because if we're always just doing, 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 and going, 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 you don't have time to kind of look around and absorb and be, you know, inspired or be affected or be um, provoked. And certainly for me, the most extraordinary things I've done in my life has happened from those moments where 
it was about intake and a response that was generated from me. So I've, I've taken to um, set boundaries of when I check email and when I will not, you know, um, I, I think it's, I know I certainly feel worse when I'm vastly overscheduled. And, and that's, this is, of course, from someone who is, like you said, very busy and has a, a very um, intense schedule. But I schedule playtime and rest time now the way that I schedule work time. You know, I, I, I schedule it and I honor it. I think and that's what keeps me going. Yeah, my my friend once said to me that I, I do something similar. He said, Richard, you get up to very random stuff, but it's almost like you create a time for it, and it's almost like organized randomness. So it's, I think I think that's a, g- a good way to kind of um, enjoy life sometimes, is make sure you have time to uh, let life take its course, I guess. Yeah, like you said, what did you say in the beginning of the interview? Was like you just you know, kind of turn up and see what happens. Like, I think it's really important to make sure that you create opportunities for that to still happen to you. Mm. And, and hopefully uh, people will spend a bit less time staring at their phones and seeing what's around them. Uh, that, that's, that's becoming a little bit of a frustration for me, I think, because there's, there's so much life out there. I think there's going to be a natural um, move towards that again. Um, I think that I think that quality of time and quality of connection is becoming currency mm. because I think people want to connect. And like I said, with uh, sports, I think sports is one of the bastions where we you can't, you know, as an athlete, you can't phone it in. You've got to be present. And when someone is present with you, uh, and giving you their full attention and giving you their um, their energy, it feels like a gift because it's becoming a, a you know a rarity with the technology thing. But um, I feel like we'll, we'll see people more people move back to that because it feels good to have it. Yeah, it feels really good. Amy, I've really appreciated your time today. I know you're very busy, so I'm going to leave it there. All I'd like you to do is just tell people how we can continue to follow your life and your career and your success um, on uh, any Twitter or Facebook or any uh, kind of um, non-profit organizations you'd like people to know about. If you could just uh, let our listeners know. Oh, sure. Well, um, certainly I'm on Twitter at Amy Mullins. And um, Instagram is Amy Mullins NYC. And uh, I think there's fan pages on Facebook and people, you know, absolutely post lovely things. And I learn about, um, you know, wonderful programs that are going on around the world. And and certainly the the Women's Sports Foundation, which I mentioned, is, is a nonprofit that I care uh, a lot about. And um, as well as... Um, uh, art production fund, which helps bring contemporary art to the public. Um, I think anything that we can do that that helps, um, you know, give people a a change of perspective and and um, 
shifts the way we think. I think that's that's always a good thing. Amy Mullins, thank you for this interview. I feel smarter because of it. Thanks for being the best in the world. <laughs> thank you, Richard. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. Thanks again for Amy for her time and for that fantastic interview. If you haven't seen her TED Talk, what are you doing? I have linked it on my Twitter page at Richard underscore Parr before. It's Amy Mullins, The Opportunity of Adversity. It is a fantastic talk. It's one of the most downloaded TED Talks of all time. Once I saw that talk, I knew I had to get Amy on the show and I have no regrets about it because I think you, the listener, me, the interviewer, have all learned something there from Amy. Really great talk, really good interview with Amy Mullins. And we've had some other great guests on the show. Maybe go back, listen to Darren Campbell last week, Etienne Stott, Chester Williams, David Campisi, fantastic athletes, world-class athletes, World Cup winners, Olympic champions, world record holders. We're in an Olympic year. We're in a Paralympic year. We're in a European Championships football year. There's so much sport going on. You're going to love it, and you're going to want to know what goes into the mind of these top athletes. Well, don't go anywhere else other than the best in the world with Richard Parr to find that out. Subscribe on iTunes. Download the best in the world with Richard Parr. If you like it, please tell your friends. If you don't like it, please tell me what you don't like about it so we can make it better. You know, we want to get even more guests and we want to make the quality of the show better every single week. I think we're doing that, but I can only know if you give me the feedback. And you can do that by going to the website richardparr.net, sending me a tweet on at Richard underscore Parr and going to the Facebook page Best in the World with Richard Parr. Thanks again to Amy Mullins. Thanks again to you, the listener, for downloading and telling your friends and rating and reviewing and for just being there for me at this moment. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Champions League. And I'll speak to you next week. Take care. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.